just killing some time playing some egg game while I waited for you. Nice. What's your high score? <laughs> I don't know. I can't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've unlocked the, the prize of the nude egg, though, right? No, I haven't even played that long. What? Oh, I my know. God. <laughs> Does that take a long time? Honestly, I can't stick with it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, I get it. <laughs> I got I got it pretty quick. Uh, yeah. maybe maybe I'm just uh built a little different than you. Yeah, well, I um I <laughs> I'll probably do it at work tomorrow cuz we can watch a little bit of porn. Well, you got to. Yeah. You got to. We can watch a little bit of porn at work. <laughs> I wanted to open up this episode, you know, talking about what we normally talk about. I think you should leave because season 3 came out. Uh so what do you think? Oh my god! I um I I had the exact same feeling of it uh, as I did after watching season two for the first time. Interesting. I watched season I watched season two for the first time and thought, oh man, this isn't as good as season one. But then, sure enough, like as I watched season two a little bit more, and all of the meme pages caught on to season two, <laughs> and everything became, you know, its own repeated line. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, yep, I'm I'm down with season two. So I feel like season three is going to be that exact same way. Um, there's a few like really repeatable bits, like like the egg game, like yeah. the pay it forward bit, like the Darmine doggy door. <laughs> <laughs> um, and i and i mean just oh being a, being a wrestling guy i loved paradise proposal park oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh of course i forgot about that one <laughs> the extra I, soft uh I, 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 ho- I hope dump truck dies i hope baby larry <laughs> dies i hope somebody kills dump truck <laughs> yeah i totally forgot about that one see i had a similar reaction to season two not that i didn't think it was as good I mean, because certainly there were there were sketches that I laughed way harder at in season two than you know that would that would I would rank right up there in season one, like Carl Havoc. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard at that <laughs> the first time I saw it. But I had kind of a I had a different reaction to season three in that I like it immediately. I wow. Felt like okay. It, yeah. I don't know what I mean from the first the first sketch is so good with the phone. I love my phone. It like just takes such a great turn. If you start winning, I'll get on my phone. I have no problem being on my phone. I have no problem being on my phone for hours. Gas prices can't stay high. I just said that. Fuck. Yeah, and then he like slumps down in the chair and like looks at probably because like that's how I was sitting while I was watching season three. Like not without not with my phone, but like yeah, I mean, even even in that even in that sketch, the line uh, is everything all right? It's my mom. What, what's wrong with your mom? She's being robbed, yeah. and she's texting you. The robbers are. What are they saying? They sent a picture of her tied up with an apple in her mouth. Let her go. <laughs> just, just the defeated. Let her go is so good. I feel like the sketches were were funny immediately, and they're only going to get funnier. Like season one didn't need all the memification; like it was just funny on its own, and then it it built up into this other echelon. Season two, I agree, needed that little extra push. Like, all right, what are what are people going to grab a hold of? What are people going to put in context that's going to like make it even funnier than it already kind of is? Like one sketch that sticks out of my mind as one that went on like. Maybe a little too long, but now I've come to appreciate even more is the Bob Odenkirk one lying about the um, <laughs> ice cream machine. The I feel like that one, everything. Yeah, I feel like that one. The fan base really helped 
push up into that upper tier of sketches. Yeah. But season three, I don't know. I just I just locked onto it right away. I think like the one weird I don't even know if it's a criticism, but one weird thing I noticed is it seems like several sketches are like less than a minute long. Like some sketches mm. just kind of like end and there's no resolution. <laughs> there's no there's literally no end to it. It just they just stop. Like um, the uh like the ponytail. That springs to mind, definitely. <laughs> Not that it needed to go on longer, because I think a lot of people agree it's one of the weaker sketches of season three, but Fred Armisen's Stunt Streets sketch just kind uh, of... Uh, street sets. Street sets, there you Fucking go. Fucking street sets! <laughs> yeah. God. I mean, I guess that one does end with a resolution, but it's also like, it feels like it's a minute long. And I'm like, I didn't need any more of this, but the fact that, like, why even put it in there? Why not just... Dad, what is this? It's video of me beating up a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Vulture's list right now. They've already ranked all 26 sketches. Their least... <laughs> their bottom of the barrel is Jelutal. Okay, yeah, that one was a little little weak, and it went on for quite a while. <laughs> I like that one, though, where they won't tell the guy what they're talking about. I agree, it probably goes on too long, but... Um, and they're 25, I disagree with, friend tier, the guy who pays to be a part of that friendship group <laughs> and, like, gets in trouble for... That's funny. Dude. Okay, they're 24 is street sets, so there's that one. Jelly Bean was my Carl <laughs> Havoc this season. I feel like this is the one I laughed at the most. Like, the guy who is living his dream, but he has also cultivated his own toxic fan base. <laughs> I... I... <laughs> Whenever, whenever I put together a new show intro, whenever I do have a full time co host again, whenever yeah. the fuck that's gonna be, <laughs> is uh, I've got to get the clip of him saying "Showtime." Oh, We're yeah. gonna go nuts in there. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I lo-, he's like, don't come unless you love old stuff. <laughs> and he's selling out theaters, D- but don't it's come and boys. make and try and make me talk. I don't want to talk. I love this stuff. <laughs> like if he if he stopped giving out the money for talking. He would be doing what he loved, and maybe people who like it would discover him, but no, he's he's in too deep, and that's the great kind of mistake that someone makes in this show that, you know, they they double and triple down on, and I love it. It starts at, like, $1, and then it, eventually it's, like, $169. This is the same type of turn, though, as Barley Tonight, where Barley yes, Tonight yeah, was, yeah. and if you start winning, I go on my phone, and Jellybean's like, and if I talk... You get money. Yeah. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because it'd be a funny sketch, like, oh, this pantomime guy who's not very good at his job, but now he's introduced this thing, this challenge that he completely fails at. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that was hilarious. Like, it's a cop. It's a cop. Where are you? I love the people shouting from the audience. I want to know. That? I want to know right now. <laughs> what are you doing? It's a rake. It's a rake. It's a fucking rake. <laughs> And then, like, uh, seconds into him doing the next thing, he just yeah. gives up. What's that? <laughs> uh, number two, the driving crooner. <laughs> I mean, this just goes to show you what a strong episode one they made. Because, you know, you, you, it's it's Barley and then the driving crooner is in that same one. And it's so hilarious. I mean. <laughs> so, so the way and I have started pantomiming the driving crooner to each other already. <laughs> yeah, the way it's revealed. He's, like, going... And, like, jiggling his fingers. And it's like, what is going on? And, and the, even the guy is staring at him. And then when it's finally revealed, he just has that dumb, those dumb decals. It, it's great. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to make any money off of it. But, yeah. I'm, yeah. 
Oh no, I, I was just going to continue what you were what you were saying. A strong episode one because they had Barley tonight, Driving Crooner, and uh, Vulture's number one uh, sketch of season three, Darmine Doggy Door. Oh, I forgot that was an episode one. Uh, I by the way, I think uh, Summer Fling is also an episode one. I could get, I could be wrong I about that. I think so. Oh. I think so. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm that's a, this is a surprising number one to me because uh, it is funny and his weird <laughs> descent into madness after a very normal sales pitch starts like. Hey, has this ever happened to you? Your doggy door can blah blah blah, and then it, uh, eventually he's like just growling, like I, I. This was the sketch that I was so excited because I watched all of season three myself, and then I watched <laughs> yeah. all of season three with Grace. This yeah. was the one that I was most excited to just watch her reaction. It was like <laughs> you're not, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get skunks, you're not gonna get raccoons, and you're sure not gonna get this thing. And then as soon as he just bursts in, she's like, "Oh my god." It's like something out of a David Lynch movie. It really is. It's like the thing behind the dumpster in in whatever. I forget that movie. Uh, Mulholland Drive. Yeah, it's very Mulholland Drive. <laughs> but yeah. his his line of his uh, repeated, what the fuck? What the fuck? That's going to blow up on TikTok. Absolutely. It's, it's already getting some traction. And also, I mean, I could tell this was going to be a huge. I, I don't know how you can meme it, but. The, his there are monsters on this world <laughs> to like kind of end it is just great i love the the weird almost grammatically incorrect there are monsters on the world that doesn't make sense you know it's like and, and it's it's the end of an amazing like my life is every my life is nothing i thought it would be and everything i was afraid it would be because for 53 seconds there i thought there were monsters on the world or so whatever he says is like amazing god <laughs> and then it like because it, it has the the uh, captions underneath it at that point so there you go wow i didn't expect to actually go through all 26 but i'm i'm glad i'm glad we did i feel like we would be doing a disservice to, <laughs> to people if we didn't yeah that's true i think people expect it and so i can't wait for all those quotes to begin weaving themselves into uh, our discussions about curb your enthusiasm which this still is a curb your enthusiasm podcast <laughs> <laughs> should we get going all right welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about season six episode 10 the bat mitzvah that's right we've reached the end of another season but before that what's the deal with stuff from our last episode the therapist uh besides wanting to know if fuck him 88 was any good which I did not do this week. I did not have uh, time to do it, unfortunately. But uh, I'll try. I definitely try next week to go check that out and see. Uh, this yeah. this coming week, you're gonna go try to fuck him. Yeah, I will. Okay. Eighty eight. <laughs> but the other thing we wanted to know was what was Jim O'Hare up to? I'm a big Parks and Rex fan, and so I recognize Jim O'Hare immediately. Best known for portraying Jerry Gergich on the NBC sitcom Parks and Rec. He is sixty one. Currently, and he first became active in Chicago theater and improv during the late 80s and 90s, uh, early 90s, as part of Second City and later a comedic theater troupe called White Noise. Starting in 1990, this sounds like a I think you should leave sketch, actually, because he was in a bunch of these plays in Chicago and one of them was called Stumpy's Gang. So this his comedic theater troupe wrote this play, a one act black comedy play by a guy named Patrick Cannon, and he played Frank Bubman the janitor for a genetics laboratory whose job it is to destroy the unsuccessful experiments oh my God. which are portrayed by puppets 
Frank secretly uses the experiments to stage private shows reminiscent of early kids' television programs. Doesn't that sound like an I think you should leave sketch yeah, right there? Yeah, that's that's insane. Uh, so here's what one review from the Chicago Reader said. The grotesquely ursine Jim O'Hare, which means he's disgusting and looks like a bear, which I think is just an insult. Like, why why call him that? Jim O'Hare adds a new dimension to the role of the enfant terrible with his uninhibited, enthusiastic portrayal of Frank, who will break your heart even as he turns your stomach. Uh, the Chicago Sun-Times described O'Hare's performance as very funny and unforgettable and said he held together this funny yet sick apocalyptic fantasy uh, Stumpy's gang ran for, it uh, seems like maybe a year, maybe a little more. It closed in the fall of 91. So on the screen, he was first uh, in 1996 on a TV remake of the movie Harvey, which uh, originally starred James uh, Jimmy Stewart as a guy with an, an imaginary friend who's a rabbit. I guess they remade it for TV. I don't remember who was in it or anything. He was on ER, Third Rock, and he made his big screen debut the same year in 96 in the Monkey... Joey baseball comedy film Ed, which I've never seen. You might have been in the right age group as a kid to have seen Ed. Did no. you ever see that with Matt LeBlanc? No, no okay. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> even heard of it. Yeah, so there's no, I guess there's nothing in the MLB rule book that says a monkey can't play baseball. A monkey can't be on your team. <laughs> so they use Air Bud rules to get uh, a monkey onto the baseball team, and Matt LeBlanc <laughs> has to play alongside that. It was just so funny when, like, like all the friends are like, oh, great, Th they were huge on TV. They're all going to be movie stars. And, like, no, no one really ended up, you know, that really didn't end up happening for some reason. Like, you could, you could make the argument that Jennifer Aniston, I guess, was probably the only one. I know that, what's her name, Phoebe did some, like, indie stuff, but no one really became a movie star except Jennifer Aniston, it seems like, you know? Yeah. Um, so Jim O'Hara has appeared in several television shows, including, uh, as we mentioned, Third Rock, Malcolm in the Middle, Just Shoot Me, Star Trek Voyager, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So I can't believe you didn't recognize him from that. Uh, in 2000, he started in a regular role in the, I don't remember this, the comedy series, well, it does sound familiar now that I'm reading it again, Strip Mall as Harvey Crudup, the unattractive husband of protagonist Tammy Tyler, who was played by Julie Brown. The character is the owner of Starbright Cleaners. Tammy marries him under the false assumption that he's rich. After learning he's not wealthy, Tammy makes numerous attempts to have him murdered. <laughs> uh, in 2003, he was on an episode of Friends. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned... Oh, no, I only mentioned that because of uh, Matt LeBlanc. So uh, I guess he worked with Matt LeBlanc a couple times. He played the manager of an adoption agency. Starting in 09 is when he ended up on Parks and Rec. Interestingly enough, Parks and Rec fans will find this. Uh, he originally auditioned for the role of Juan Swanson, but then was cast as Jerry Gergich, uh, the clumsy employee. Uh, and that lasted until 2015. Get this, in 2017, he won a Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Guest Performer on The Bold and the Beautiful. And in 2023, he replaced Rob Lowe as the co-host of Parks and Recollection. Huh. A Parks and Rec recap show with Greg Levine, uh, who replaced Alan Yang. So Alan Yang, who was a writer and producer, uh, used to host with Rob Lowe, and then Greg Levine and Jim O'Hare took over. So maybe after I'm done with Office Ladies, I'll I'll start that one up because um, I'm not as familiar with it because it's not. I've said this before. Parks and Rec is just not rerun enough. Yeah, like, I I kind of wish that uh, it would take over the place of Brooklyn Nine-Nine on uh, mornings on Comedy uh, Central so I can just have a new show to watch on mute. See, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I've, I've, mo I've moved over to watching the news just because I've seen every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> all on mute. I've never listened to one episode oh, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You would love it. It's hilarious. 
Oh, I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. And like watching through all the episodes, if I do decide to do that at some point, uh, I've probably assigned all the voices <laughs> in my head and it's just going to be so weird. I'm like, what are you talking? You don't sound like that. It's like, it's like reading a book, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they make the movie or something and you're like, that's not yeah. the actor I would play. So I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to picture uh, Jim O'Hare and Bolden the Beautiful. I know. I know. That is, yeah. And, and, and doing well enough to get an Emmy for it. Like his guest role. Like, what did he do? Um, I did not look into that, but I'll have to find it on YouTube. But I, I wish Comedy Central would just do like, all right, look, Mondays are office day. That's funny. Monday, everyone has to go back to the office. And then let's do Seinfeld. You can keep South Park on Wednesdays. That's their South Park day where they run it for 24 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Thursday is Parks and Rec Day. Friday is Brooklyn Nine-Nine Day. Like, I would love to be able to sit down and watch something besides the office while I look at my phone for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> because it must have to do with money it must just be cheaper to run the office but like seinfeld's not on enough i didn't even know they had the rights to brooklyn 99 please put that on comedy central i'm begging you yeah so that's all that's all for, about jim o'hare uh we let me know if you think this is a curb your continuity uh in the episode the therapist cheryl gets a place on the beach says she's always wanted to live on the beach but in the second season it's indicated that they bought a house that at least had a beach view. I will. That's why I'm thinking this may not be curb your continuity. They could see the ocean from their house. That doesn't mean you're on the beach. You know, yeah, that's so true. like totally, totally different. Yeah. Things. So I don't know if we can count that, but because Cheryl like steps the, out her back the, door onto sand. Yeah, the beach view house wet her whistle <laughs> about having a yeah. beachfront house. It was as close as Larry then, would let her get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then now that she has full say, she's like, well, no, I'm just going to get a place on the beach. Yeah, Why not? Right on the beach. Step out onto an actual beach. So we uh, maybe we won't count that as curb your continuity. Uh, but that is all I have. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show, despite the last 38 minutes. <laughs> Whew, being uh, Which was mostly. <laughs> it was mostly talk of a completely different show. Um, which a lot of that exists over on Patreon. I'll get to that in just a second. If you like us, you can give us a five-star rating and a written review over on Apple Podcasts, uh, a five-star rating and a written review. Or if you're using Spotify, you can give us a five-star rating. It really does help out the show. Uh, helps us to find more people that uh, would really like uh, really like the show. If you like us a little bit more than that, maybe you've already given us a five-star rating or a written review you can find us over at patreon.com slash no hugging where for five bucks a month you can get early access to extended versions of every episode including the first 30 minutes of this show being us talking uh, really in depth about season three of i think you should leave with tim robinson on netflix which just dropped which just dropped this past week as of us recording this And in addition to early access to extended versions of all the episodes, you're going to get movie reviews from the Seinfeld Cinematic Universe. What does that mean? Well, it's basically just anybody who has been in an episode or uh, hopefully a recurring role in either Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld that has a movie. We'll touch on it. We'll watch it. We'll talk about it. And you'll be able to listen to it. Again, that's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you can get all of that stuff. All that being said, wait a minute. Before I get to that, I should thank all of our Patreons. Patreons? Th- thank Patreon our, pa- patrons? Pa- Patreon patrons? Patreon patrons? 
Before I get to that, let me thank the patrons. So shout out to Drybones, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville podcast, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad and mom, Will Hall, Danica Ligorio, J. Lord Condog, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Yes, absolutely. And actually, you know what, Tim? What? There's someone missing on this list. I've just gotten it, you know, committed to memory. Your mom is missing from this list. Oh, no. Your mom has dropped her her patronage. No, and she was paying more than anybody. She was st- she was still paying on the t-shirt tier, which didn't like hasn't existed for about a year now. We are never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was wondering why our uh, I was wondering why our monthly pledges went down so much. <laughs> Damn, like I kind of want to ask her about it, but also I don't want to because <laughs> <laughs> I did tell them when we first noticed that I was like, you know, you and Dad are both on there, and you're I I they've been informed of the situation, so the, y- I guess she, finally she was informed that she was paying an extra thirteen dollars every month, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, and that I mean, she actually was paying whatever that tier cost. Like, that's how... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she was paying the full cost of that tier because she just had never picked a new tier once we deleted that tier. She'd been informed of the situation and the fact that someone else in the household was on a correctly (laughs) paid-for tier that if they listened to... If they even took advantage of being patrons, which I'm almost certain my parents have never listened (laughs) to a podcast, she could easily do it through my dad's account. if you want to sign up, Help us recoup the money that we're losing from Tim's mom canceling her membership. Please do so. Even <laughs> yeah. if uh, even if you want to sign up for a free trial, well, uh, I'll get that set up in the next in in, in uh, the next couple of days. Uh, you can sign yes. up for a free trial over at Patreon.com/slash No Hugging. All right. All that being said, season six, episode ten, the Bot Mitzvah, original air date November eleventh, two thousand and seven. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season six finale, a bot mitzvah provides Larry hmm. with a chance to clear up his recent domestic travails. This sucks. This is fucking bad. <sighs> I knew. <laughs> I mean, we hated it last week. And now that we've seen the episode, we hate it even more. <laughs> so we will definitely try to make that better at the end. Jesus. Domestic yeah. travails. Clear up his domestic travails. Oh, God. Uh, okay, so we open at home, and Leon has enlisted the help of Jeff to come over and break Larry out of his funk. We know that he is really missing Cheryl, and as Leon puts it, he has a mopey dick. And Jeff thinks that he is referencing the book Moby Dick. <laughs> this is so good. Leon Leon's never heard of Moby any- Dick. He's like, no, he's being a mopey dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his dick straight up mopey. <laughs> like, oh, you don't know? He's, He's like, what's Moby Dick? He's never heard of Moby Dick. <laughs> He's never. <laughs> I love that. And so Jeff and Leon go up to Larry's room and they try to snap him out of it. Uh, you know, th- th- he mentions that Cheryl is coming to Sammy's bat mitzvah and she is bringing Glenn. So, you know, you got to find somebody. Leon advises that, like, you, you can't, don't be yourself. You got to become, as he puts it, another motherfucker. Uh, and he advises him to grow some facial hair, maybe a mustache, maybe a goatee, maybe some big, uh, you know, sideburns or something. And Larry thinks that's pretty good advice. Honestly, it sounded like good advice to me too. Maybe an actual therapist would say, no, you know, you don't make a drastic decision like that and try to try to 
tamp down any depression that you're feeling. You need to address it this way instead. But it did sound like good advice to I me. Don't I don't know how you felt about it. <laughs> like, I mean, grow some facial I'll, hair. Just just I'll become a different you, person you when you're out in public. Every not totally the same scenario, but every like memory I see on like Instagram or Facebook uh, of like last year, whenever I had a mustache at this time, I'm like, ah, oh, I should grow the mustache back. I I I should grow the mustache back. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to. Grace grow is yelling a through the again. walls of like, no, no. no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you you definitely should though. Okay, I will. <laughs> Have you ever tried a full beard? I I can't grow a full beard. Absolutely not. No, it you no can't. like it doesn't it doesn't grow in like really on my face. It's just on my neck. And underneath my chin, and it's so <laughs> gross. If if I were to just let everything grow, I would look like a fucking fourteen year old who just <laughs> hasn't learned to shave yet. I would love to see that. I would love to see you with like a month oh, of just may, not touching. Maybe it at all. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. Like the the thing is, is like people do no shave November. I have to do fucking. Uh, I have to give myself a head start, <laughs> like no shave no, Q3. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no shave. Uh, no shave Q4. Probably like October, Q4, November, yeah. December, and then January right, right, right. as well, just because nothing's going on. <laughs> so Larry, you know, he he does kind of snap out of it. Uh, before he gets out of bed, though, he does a little shimmy in the bed that I didn't clock at first because he just tells Jeff and Larry that he's getting cozy. And it didn't connect to me until later in the in the episode why he did that. I was like, oh, that was a little yeah. a seed it being played, a bit of foreshadowing. Didn't connect with me until Larry outright said, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, yeah. okay. But he does get out of bed and he goes downstairs and, and gets the news that the Blacks' house is ready. They're moving back to New Orleans. They're moving back to Louisiana, and Leon's going too. He's got a lady down in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a boo that he's going to holler at, I think he says. So um, he's going to do that. Yeah, so they're leaving, and, and Larry is... It's kind of devastating. You know, he's, he's happy, but also, yeah, there's there's a little bit of uh, Yeah, because Cheryl's gone. Now they're all going to be gone. Yeah. It's going to be him yeah. alone yeah. in his big house. Yeah, even though he, you know, earlier in the season, he, like, couldn't wait to, for Leon and Loretta to potentially get a job because that meant they could move out. But now he's, you know, he's a little sad mm -hmm. about it. And also, we find out that a pet gerbil has escaped in the house. Over at Larry's office, someone, uh, as Antoinette tells him, his assistant, someone is going to be looking at the office across the hall, and Larry is kind of dreading that because the thermostat is in there, so they might lose control of that. They'll lose their privacy. He liked having kind of his own office floor there. And then... <laughs> I, before before yeah. this person comes in, I, I want to say, like... Larry is providing the most absolutely boomer reasoning because Antoinette said... Well, why didn't we rent that office? Larry's like, well, I don't want to rent two offices. No, I'm not saying rent two offices. Move into the one with the fucking thermostat, Larry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could rent that one and give up How your office. How many offices have I mean... we seen Larry in? So <laughs> yeah. many. Three or four, so yeah. So many. Almost, uh, almost yeah. as many as Jeff. Yeah, almost as many as actual houses he's yeah. moved. Yeah, but no, now it's yeah. too much work. Yeah, exactly. Or he, yeah, Or he could just pay to have an empty office but he doesn't want to do that yeah. but yeah well, he, he the, could the move. thing is he hasn't signed in real time larry hasn't signed that streaming deal for seinfeld yet so he's not a billionaire yet i guess not i guess not i mean certainly the the syndication money is rolling mm -hmm. in but i guess it's not as much as that huge it's payday not, it's not as yeah. much. i think the first huge payday they got was from hulu 
because that was the first big uh, streaming deal they got. I see. Yeah, and it's it's not there yet. So Matt Tesler is in the building, and he wants to meet up with Larry. He's this horrible director that did like four episodes of Seinfeld. His son also has some kind of muscle affliction, maybe MS or, or something like that. They don't really know, but uh, it's another reason Larry doesn't like him. Yeah, for whatever <laughs> reason. That's awful. Uh, I know. Uh, oh, it gets oh, worse. It gets, Tad, it gets, as mu- I'm sure it gets much agree. worse. Yeah, he he comes in and Matt Tesler says that he's stuck in the dramedy ghetto. His words. Oh his yeah. Words. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. My uh, the director, by the way, Matt Tesler, played by Michael McKeon. Did you recognize him? I did. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember what he's been in. I know he's been a villain in a few things that I've seen. Uh, I recognize him from Spinal Tap and a lot of the uh, Christopher Guest movies like that. So obviously a huge improver. Uh, also, I, I think he did a season or or a few of SNL. Uh, he was maybe most recently on Better Call Saul as Saul's successful brother. He was excellent in that role. Uh, and so, yeah, just oh. a comic actor that's been around in a ton of stuff. What do you recognize him from? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. There's a movie from 1988, Short Circuit 2. He was in that? Oh, my god! He was in both Short Circuit and Short Circuit He's 2. He's in Short Circuit? That was yeah. one of my favorite movies growing up. Who was he? <laughs> that's de- that's absolutely what I recognize him from. Who is he? <laughs> uh, I'm pulling it up now. He is... Why don't I remember that? Who the fuck is he in this? He might not be in the first one. I think he, he's just in he's, the second he's, one. He's in the first one. He's credited as being in the first one. Um, but let me go to the second one. It says here. he plays Fred Ritter, so I have no idea who that is. Hell yeah! Can we do Short Circuit for Patreon? <laughs> I would. Oh man, I I love that one. Oh my god! I don't um, see him in in the cast it, list of it's one. It's gotta. It's gotta either be. Oh, he was in Airheads. We just watched Airheads. Oh shit! Oh my gosh! He's Christ. the BD in Airheads. Yeah. <laughs> or wait, no, he's the corporate. Is he the PD or the corporate dude? He's the PD, I think, right? I think he's the PD. In yeah, Airheads. yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also in Coneheads. He oh, oh my gosh, yeah, he's in Small sense. Soldiers. He's wow. in uh, Casper, A Spirited Beginning. Okay, he is in. What else have I seen that he's in? I think that's about it. Oh yeah, there. Oh no, Short Circuit Two. I was looking at Short Circuit Two. For, I don't oh, he's think he's in, in the first one. Oh, that's the animated. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Batman: The Dark Knight. Oh, that's the animated. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns Part Two. No, he's been in quite a few things that I. Oh seen. yeah. Oh yeah. But he's, I, he's I think been the main thing is either Short Circuit or Coneheads. I'm gonna say he's not in Short Circuit because I I'm not seeing it on his resume. Okay, uh, I, I know he's credited he, in it on Google, but he doesn't have a character name on it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he is not. Let me see. Let me just double check. But I would love to do short. I'm sure there's somebody from Short Circuit that is in. Yeah, I don't see it on his wiki. I see Short Circuit, but no, I don't. I don't see. I mean, two, but I don't see Short Circuit. I'm. I'm thinking he's not in it, but because that I love Short Circuit way more than Short Circuit Two. So, but yeah, I mean, we've already done a Michael McKeon movie for crying out loud. We totally forgot. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a great you know, one of those comic actors has been around for a million years. I still follow him on Twitter. He's not a bad follow. And he wants a reference from Larry to direct uh, kind of like a recommendation to direct Richard Lewis's pilot that he's doing. It's at that point that Antoinette interrupts their conversation, asking if Larry still has a tickle in his anus. Obviously, the wrong time to bring this up because she can't get him an appointment for like two weeks at the doctor for the tickle in his anus. But Matt... Uh, does take the occasion to recommend an even better doctor. My cousin works for this guy. We can get you in an appointment, you know, whenever you want. She can get you in today if you want. So, 
you know, he he leaves that with Larry. I thought for a second when uh, Antoinette was bringing this up, I thought she was bringing it up as a way to get Tesla out <laughs> of the office and like just introduce an uncomfortable situation. But Larry clearly doesn't pick up on it that way. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe just she's screaming, did. shut the fuck up at Antoinette. Like, rightly like, so. Like, Antoinette was not picking up his social cues <laughs> that, like, when we have company is not the time to ask me about the tickle in my anus. Um, but, but she, you know, because she continuously asks him about it, uh, and he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, just like, just at screaming her. at her, yeah. So while he's driving later, Larry leaves a message for Richard Lewis, quote unquote, recommending Matt. <laughs> But he he doesn't say, quote unquote, he just kind of makes air quotes as he's talking on the phone, which, of course, anybody knows you cannot see anyone making air quotes. He is speaking deliberately. He's like, so if he asks you if I recommended him, you this can, is this is, this is me. me telling you that I recommended him. Yeah, which he hopes does the job. But as we find out, it may not have worked. Uh, so over at Pacific Palisades Medical Dental Center, which is still at 900 Via de La Paz in Pacific Palisades, Larry is seeing the gastroenterologist, and he does not want to sign in. This is not the first time Larry has had a problem with the sign-in sheet. Remember, he brought it up before when he saw a different doctor. I don't remember the situation there, but he also wanted to institute a new system in that case, uh, but they, they didn't uh, take his suggestion at that time. And... I, I loved this bit here because uh, the person at the front desk is saying, well, it's really not up to me. I don't make the decision. You have to call home office. And Larry's <laughs> like, well, I'm going to call home office. You didn't think I would. And she said, no, I absolutely thought you would. You look like the exact person who would. I love that because it's still professional, but it's a dig. It's like, no, like you could say that to somebody in a, in the way that she did. Like, no, I, I knew you would. That's why I told you that I'd connect you with the home office, but it's definitely meant as an insult. Like, you, you strike me as that type of person. I'm like, jeez. Uh, and Larry says that he's not an inventor, but he's an improver. He sees a system that is broken, like the sign in sheet <laughs> and he improves it. Uh, so he starts chatting up this lady that's also in the waiting room and he's doing very well with the flirting. He's almost kind of like nagging her, like, but but it's working on this woman, like ho whatever way he's doing it, and he's fl he's flirting very well, and they both say that they're there for a checkup because it's kind of a, a touchy location to ask why somebody is there, like any doctor's office really, <laughs> but the gastroenterologist definitely, um, and so they both say they're there for checkups, and that's yeah. when uh, the the nurse comes to call Larry back, and the nurse is Mindy Sterling, who has. A million credits. She's just one of those actors that if you think of a show, she's been on it at least once. But mm -hmm. I recognized her right away as Frau Farbissina from Austin Powers, from the Austin Powers yes. series. <laughs> yeah. I think she's been in all three. I believe she was in all three. I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, so Austin Powers is on the table now. I'm sure that Austin Powers enlisted also the help of every comic actor from the At 90s. Some point, so yes. I'm sure that we've had multiple people from Seinfeld and multiple people God, from Curb in that series. That's the next like franchise property that's got to get like a Peacock exclusive next movie in the series yeah. that I'm very surprised hasn't happened yet. Or even do a limited like eight episode run of something like they did on with Netflix Gruber. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. I would watch that a million. I'm like, because think of all the spy movies that have come out since then that he could lampoon. I mean, it's just 
I, I agree with you. Let's start the change.org petition or something. Yeah. Although, you know what I'm hearing is getting a lot of, like, uh, modern-day Austin Powers vibes in its reviews? What's that? Barbie. Oh, uh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I want to see this Barbie oh. movie because oh, yeah. uh, I, I think it's going to be incredible. But I'm hearing that there's uh, quite a few, uh, like... M- I, I can't say like Austin Powers level jokes, yeah. But modern era Austin Powers level jokes, because obviously they're gonna they're gonna evolve, they're gonna update a little bit, but kind of like in that same vein, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see like what these reviewers mean when they say that. Well, it sounds kind of like the same thing. Remember, because Austin Powers was frozen and then unfrozen in modern times, and he had to readjust. Barbie's the same kind of way. She's been frozen in this perfect world from the 70s 80s 90s this whatever idyllic world yeah, yeah. And, that, and i think she enters the and real like, world would you there. like to would you like to stay in your own world yeah. or would you like to learn the truth and they show her like this chunky uh this chunky like flat and she's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a very fish out of water type thing like that i think so and but yeah i mean gosling looks great in it margot robbie looks great i mean it, it has to be good I, I think it's gonna be amazing um so larry when he's taken back doesn't want to tell this is Matt's cousin the nurse so this is the person that hooked him up with the appointment she doesn't want to he doesn't want to tell the issue she's like well you, know, you give you tell me the issue and I tell the doctor I like when he goes what that doesn't save any time I'm gonna have to tell the doctor again he's like what do you do you stop in the hallway with the list and he goes and looks it up on the internet like no he's gonna come in here ask her <laughs> what the issue is and you're really not doing anything so I'm let me just tell the doctor I don't have to tell you and she presses the issue so much Larry just is like oh you know what I got a gerbil up my ass it's been there for two days. And that's just kind of like to get her out of the room. Because when the doctor comes in, of course, he asks anyway, what seems to be the issue? And uh, back in the waiting room after his appointment, the woman is gone. So Larry thinks, aha, I'll just take a peek at the sign-in sheet. But the receptionist took initiative, called the corporate office. They loved Larry's idea of keeping the list private. And so it is now behind desk. And Larry's like, what? Don't listen to me. I don't have good ideas. Why'd you take my idea? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the receptionist still gives him Paula's name and number. Hey, circling back to Barbie for a second. This might be a, a movie we could do for Patreon because it has a common connection between Curb Your Enthusiasm in that they both have America Ferrera. Oh, wow. When was I forget when America was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, I'm guessing it's we haven't gotten to it yet. I, I definitely would have recognized. Yeah. It. I mean, unless she was so young, we just didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I maybe I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm sure there's tons of people in it. Is that the only person from Curb that's? Uh, no, there's a, there's nine oh, yeah, different names. Say. She's like the, the most yeah. prominent one. Cause number two is a uh, Lauren Shaw stunt coordinator, uh, uh Allison Jones, casting director. Okay. Number four is Deb Hyatt, uh, who is a, uh, a, a second tier. I, I, I hate to say second tier actress, <laughs> but she's, she's a background actress in, uh, in curb, uh, oh. visual effects, uh, another actor, uh, another actress, casting department, sound department, but America Ferreira is definitely the, the. Uh, top tier. Okay. Game. Why do I? I just feel like she played a kid in an early episode. I mean, can we? Uh, Lynn's wife in 2017. Oh, okay. So, so we definitely haven't gotten there yeah, yet. Yeah. So definitely not even until season nine, I think. Okay. Three more seasons. Over at lunch with Jeff, he you know was talking about uh, the woman and uh, or the you know going to the doctor and stuff, and he gargles his wine for 50 bucks from Jeff, but Jeff takes back. 
the money after Larry announces that he did it for a bet, which I agree with Jeff that that reneges the deal that they Absolutely. had. The idea was you gargle and people come, <laughs> not that you did it for money. So Jeff is also has a new client, John Legend. Jesus Christ, yeah. Like, <laughs> how is Jeff signing John Legend? Like, <laughs> I know we, we we either need to see like more high profile names that Jeff is signing, or we've got to see like. I don't know, none of them to like really like keep up this facade. Yeah, because he has Larry David, we know, Matt Tesler. He bungled the Ben Stiller deal, so does not have Ben Stiller. But he's but got now he has John, John Legend? Legend. <laughs> yeah. And I get yeah, like, exactly. it, it's, it's 2007, so John Legend is, um, I, he's he's like pretty high up on the food chain oh, in yeah. 07. Yeah, he was, he was, I mean, he, he was on the scene, definitely. <laughs> um, I'm sure lifted. I think that's like his first big breakthrough album. I don't know if it was his first album, but that had uh, definitely had to be out by that point. Oh, Get Lifted. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that was 04. Okay. So this was three years after so, Get yeah. Lifted. Which was huge. Yeah. And he signed on to new management with the Jeff. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> Jeff. The Jeff group. El Jefe. That, this reminds me of watching Entourage. And the only client you ever really see work with Jeremy Piven was Vince. Mm-hmm. Uh, but except one episode when they're like, all right, everybody, our biggest client is coming in. And they had to treat her like she was the hugest star on the planet. <laughs> everybody remind her why she pays us so much money because she's coming in. Mary J. Blige. And I was like, that's the biggest star they could get. And we have to act like she's because <laughs> even back in whatever, 07, when I was watching Entourage or whatever, I was like, Mary J. Blige. I don't know the last time she had a pop hit. Yeah, Jeff's new client, John Legend. Larry, I, I like that he's clueless about who John Legend is. <laughs> yeah, J- Jeff asked him, like, when's the last time he bought a record? He's like, I don't know, 19, 1973? So Larry just has no something... clue who anybody is. Yeah. I, and I mean, I kind of feel a kinship because I used to know, you know, all the Billboard hits or whatever. But now that I'm not in pop radio anymore, you know, it, it, but it's weird. Sometimes I'll turn it on and like, I can't hear anything new. It must be when I'm in the car that they're like, all right, we're just spinning golds and c's right now and d's and stuff and and like no a's like when i'm in they're just not spinning the new stuff or it's it's on whatever i don't know why i don't hear anything new but i like i turn it on i'm like why are they still playing industry baby why do i still hear industry baby every time i put these damn radio stations on yeah that's i wouldn't even have that in a gold right now i wouldn't have that as a recurrent even that's it's it's in that area where like it shouldn't be played right now I still, I can't hear anything new. I'm like, let me hear something new, but I can't. I, I hate that we're still playing Heat Waves. Oh my God, yes. Oh, jeez. Like, heat, heat Waves is a, is a, thankfully it's not a power recurrent. It's a, it's a recurrent, so it's my first thing I get to yeah. drop if I need to drop yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. That's exactly where that should be. But yeah, that was, that was on the radio when I was on the radio. So that's how old it was. Yeah. That's, but I, I do want to say that I kind of like Larry does something that famous people like I listen to a lot of podcasts with famous people on them. And it seems like they would have the most time to check out everything. And yet they are consistently out of touch. They're like, oh, what's this movie? You never heard of this movie. Never heard of the number one movie. Never heard of the number one show. Never heard of it, it's it's something that permeates celebrity culture. Like, what are you doing? You sit in your trailer all day. You act for yeah. five minutes. You have time to check all this stuff out. But every time I hear a famous person like. And something that is in the zeitgeist, if I could say, they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not familiar. I haven't 
I haven't heard. I'm like, how are famous people so removed from the pop culture yeah. that the rest of us, just because you're creating well, it? It's it's like whenever uh, you and I were running a panel at Erie Comic Con, yeah. and there was like some like schlocky sci-fi director, I don't even remember what his name was, who said like, no, I purposefully don't watch any movies because I don't want to accidentally steal an idea. And I'm like, my guy, like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Just fucking like, don't steal anything it's not that <laughs> fucking hard you know i heard robin williams used to have to do that though like he stopped he used to like hang out in the comedy clubs and stuff but he stopped watching acts because his mind were, i could see it from his perspective where his mind works so fast and he's just trying to fire synapses so quickly that like something he saw is going to come out like ah oh, damn it i just said something that fucking this other guy said and now i should probably stop it it's just gonna interrupt his whole flow and it'd be, it'd be better if he only has original ideas in there but it's different for a director who can put some thought into stuff and go oh how do i frame this shot how do i what line should i put in here or whatever and it's like you know what you stole from Zack snyder or whatever <laughs> um uh, and larry while he's at lunch with jeff by the way he does the shimmy again in the chair uh and so now we know it is because of his tickle in his anus so Still don't know what the tickle in his anus is, but right. we know that's what it is. Right. And Larry suggests, by the way, a double date with Jeff and Susie. And so they do go to the movies. It's Jeff and Susie and Larry and Paula. While they're in line, a guy who is afflicted in some way, I'll say, uh, you know, his hands are kind of stiffly placed in an odd angle and he... He speaks, uh, you know, in, in, I don't know how to say this, Tim. <laughs> Anytime you want to jump in, he, he skips the I, whole. <laughs> I, I, I wrote it. He's, he's mentally and physically handicapped. There you go. There you go. Um, oh, actually, you know, I'm wrong. We do know that Larry has a gerbil up his ass. We, we skipped over that part. Well, he, that's what he told the doctor. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, that's and... what he told the nurse. I'm sorry. He told the nurse, like, just to get rid of her. You know, he was like, fine. I got a gerbil up my ass. Okay. And then he was going to tell the doctor what was really going on. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So we we really, we don't know why he has an itchy anus, but he does. So yeah, this guy skips the entire line and buys his movie ticket. And then inside the theater, Larry sees him and he is completely able-bodied. He's just walking around like, hey, uh, Jim, where are you? Yeah. He's calling hey, for his friend Keith, or whatever. Yeah. Keith. Keith. Uh, yeah, just completely walking around like nothing is afflicting him at all. And... Uh, Larry's like, uh, you know, I guess I got to give it to him. He, you know, he skipped this entire long line and got yeah, a movie Yeah, he's like, props to him. Yeah. Props to him is what Larry's saying. I'm like, oh. I know. Oh, as soon as, as soon as he walked up, I'm like, there's no <laughs> way this is going to be played well, is it? Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, this is going to come back in the worst way, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so during the movie, Larry and Paula are both shimmying in their seats and they have kind <laughs> of an awkward whispered conversation about are you okay yeah i'm fine okay are you are you okay you seem like you're shimmy more than i am uh and so there's that awkward conversation and they're squirming in their seats and paula wants to leave she hates the movie and larry's like there's five minutes left yeah, I they, they've, been, they've been watching the movie for 90 minutes already <laughs> and she needs to leave now i finish what i start that's what larry says he's like i have friends that i hate that i've been friends with for 25 years and i like that Paula takes a beat and goes, why? <laughs> He's like, because I finish what I start. I'm going to be friends with them until they die. <laughs> God. That was so good. It was yeah. such, such a good line. <laughs> her, her, the beat, the comic time, like, why? Like, now the conversation <laughs> isn't about the movie. It's like, why do you do that to yourself? Yeah, it, it's, it's not about the movie. It's not about why they're both shimming. It's yeah. about why the fuck Larry just... <laughs> continues being friends with people that he hates yeah it's about one of larry's like, many like Richard toxic Lewis traits. in this yeah. situation <laughs> yeah so paula leaves and larry stays 
because it's just five more minutes. And they come out of the theater and she's gone. Yeah. She's me, like, what do you expect? the whole time, the whole time, Larry's like, after she leaves, he's telling Jeff and Susie. And Susie's the one saying, you better leave. Yeah. You better go get her because she's not going to wait. Yeah, and yeah. Larry's like, ah, it's, it's, it's only five more minutes. And, <laughs> and then they, they come out and obviously... Paula's not there anymore. She left. And Susie says, I told you that she was going to leave. And Larry's like, well, I timed it. It was six minutes. And yeah, Susie minutes. had such a good line here. Uh, she was like, well, congratulations, Larry. You're right. And now you're alone. Wow. I mean, put that on his tombstone. Larry David died right and alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this reminded me of something, though, by the way that happened to me when I was like a teenager or whatever. I was at the movies with my girlfriend at the time. I forget why, but she was going to leave and I was going to go into the movie with my friends. I don't know. I don't even think we were fighting, but she was like, no, you, she was like, you can go in and you know, you don't miss the movie and go with your friends. And I was like, oh, sweet. And I like went and got in line and like she came in after he was like, she was like, I actually want you to wait with me. I didn't think you would actually go in. I was like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But also I don't think I was wrong. Like don't fucking say what you don't mean. You know, why play fucking games in a relationship or whatever? You said she was pretty convincing. It's like, no, I'm sure it was a bit of a discussion. Like, oh, no, I'll, you know, I'll wait out here with you. No, you don't have to. You can go with your friends. Oh, I don't mind. Like, no, go with your friends. Like, she was testing me. <laughs> and, like, I guess I fucking failed. But you know what? She failed, too. Don't play games. She, why play games? She failed the Tim test. Yeah, you failed the Tim test by saying, you know, don't say what you don't mean. And don't expect a teenage boy to have the emotional intelligence to know when you're playing a game in a relationship <laughs> either. <laughs> uh, so back in Larry's office. He is skipping the bat mitzvah because he doesn't have anybody to go with. And uh, that's when the prospective tenant comes in to look at the office. And Larry, <sighs> thinking fast, starts acting like the guy he saw at the movies. And this is a Larry says this is a test later on, speaking of tests. And he runs the guy off. Yeah. Uh, he, he, Larry, pretending to be mentally and physically handicapped, yes. uh, is telling telling the guy who's going to potentially move into the office across the hall. They're going to be best friends. They're going to get lunch every day. And the guy says, I, I need to go find the building manager and runs off. Yeah. So Larry got what he wanted. Yes. Which was an open office across the hall. From he just had to do a caricature of a mentally and or disabled, uh, physically disabled person. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And as he's doing that, Matt Tesler comes back in, who has a son who is mentally and physically handicapped. Yeah. He came in to tell Larry that he got the gig doing Richard Lewis's show, but also he's offended on behalf of his son. Although... Not offended enough to refrain from using the R word himself. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Does he, <laughs> is he taking a pass on this? Like I'm, some people I'm, might take an N word pass if they have I, black I, friends. <laughs> see, I, I chalked it up to a bit being more of uh, the it's 2007 pass. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of the most popular comedies on TV at this time was Mind of Mencia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who? I mean, what Larry just did was his whole shtick. I mean, that was the way yes. he accentuated all of his bits was doing yeah. that. I'm like, oh, Christ. There, there's a reason that you can't fucking watch Mind of Mencia on <laughs> Paramount+. Plus. There is a reason. God, who would want to? Could you imagine, like, the hate rewatch that we could oh, do? Of that? I'd do it. Oh, I would 100% do it. I would 100% watch say, through Mind of Mencia. I say rewatch. I don't think I ever watched that show, really, so... Not that I'm trying to get on, on my high horse about it, but I don't think that was ever my thing. 
luckily. Um, well, I mean, I was I was 15 at the time, yeah, so absolutely, right I watched Mind House. of Mencia. Yeah. yeah, so, but but also maybe he was using it in a way that like sort of using it as a proxy for Larry. Like, oh, you think you can act like a, you know, an arsler, you know, like that's a word you would use. I'm using it, you know, that in that kind of way. It didn't seem like it, but maybe that's my headcanon as somebody who has a son who has probably been hurt by that word. You know, essentially Larry did the physical version of just saying that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so maybe that's kind of the way that he was using it, if, if you get my meaning. But he does roast Larry for sticking a gerbil up his ass. He's like, you know what I think is funny? He's like, maybe you think that's funny. You know what I think is funny? A successful writer and producer sticking a gerbil up his ass. Because he's talked to Kai, his cousin who works at the doctor's office. And by the way, the second huge HIPAA violation in this episode. (laughs) And she told me that you stuck a gerbil up your ass. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? First, Larry gets Paula's number from the woman working in the office. Second, Kai told Tesla that Larry stuck a gerbil up his ass. What is going on in this office? Yeah, and he th- and Kessler th- or Tesler threatens to tell everybody as well. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know, hey, everybody, want to hear something funny about Larry David? But Larry's like, no, I said that as a joke to get rid of her. Like, so he really didn't. <laughs> it really isn't made clear whether he did that or not. You know, it, it's it's left purposefully vague because with the gerbil missing yeah, in yeah. his house, I know. And- I, you kind of think maybe. Maybe he did put the gerbil up his ass. I know they they could have made that a lot clearer that he was just saying that to get rid of her. (laughs) But it's really not until he says it here. And even then you're like, well, is he still lying so that Matt doesn't tell everybody? Or did he really do it? Like, as as the audience, you're still not clear on that. Because when the gerbil's lost, looking for it does not become a storyline. It's like, oh, everybody, we got to look for this. And then it's like, (laughs) I'm in my office later that day. It's like, did you, were you faking looking for it? Because you know where it is (laughs) up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's really not made clear enough. So meeting Richard Lewis for lunch, Larry, you know, is getting yelled at by Richard Lewis because Matt sucks. He's a horrible director. He doesn't understand comedy. Very bad. Yeah. So it's screwing Richard Lewis and his life plans. And Larry tells him that he misunderstood the non-recommendation recommendation. I was doing air quotes. He was like, well, when you do air quotes on a, on the phone, nobody can tell what you're saying. But Larry thinks he should have known it was a non-recommendation recommendation. They go on a little riff about getting a recommendation from Ben Laden because Richard kind of misspeaks. <laughs> and he's like, did you say Bin Laden or Ben Laden? And they say Ben Laden sounds like a, a Jewish tailor or something like that. <laughs> and Larry does a little shimmy again, which Richard Lewis clocks and he goes, oh, my God, it's true. You stuck a gerbil up your ass. But no, Larry has to set him straight. But Richard tells him the gerbil rumor is everywhere. The whole town knows about it. It's all over the place. Larry's even getting disgusted looks from passersby that he doesn't even know who just recognize him. And this to me, I laughed out loud at this line. He's like, do you see that guy? Look at me. What? You you did that because he knows? Like, yeah, he probably read Gerbil Magazine and you're on the fucking cover. (laughs) I was like, what a weird riff, but hilarious. Read Gerbil Magazine and you're on the cover. (laughs) So back at home, the Blacks are discussing whether or not they think it's possible Larry stuck their kid's gerbil up his ass. uh, And he convinces them that it is not true. uh, But the Blacks are also all packed and ready to go. And Larry, again, is getting a little misty about it. And he asks Loretta if she'll go to the bat mitzvah with him. And she says, let's go. And so over at the bat mitzvah, uh, I'm, I like, they've done this a couple times for season finales. They collect people from the whole season in one room. Like they did that mm. with the restaurant, which I liked. I feel like they did that with uh, the testimonial. I don't know if that was a finale or not, but it sure felt like one where, you know, kind of everybody is 
the, the whole season just comes to a loop where everybody's in the same room. There were people I'm sure that I didn't recognize that like in the restaurant, I found out later, they're like, oh, that's who that guy was at that table. And that's who that lady was at that table. I'm sure that it'll come up, you know, in, in the notes for uh, the next episode that there were more people I didn't even realize were in the room from the season. But I do like that they do that because uh, like Cha-Cha is there with Richard Lewis, uh, which was great. The Funkhausers are there and they're berating Larry over Matt, <laughs> you know, the non-recommendation recommendation. And everybody, especially at Matt's table, are laughing at Larry. And Larry takes the occasion during a toast that Jeff is making. He's like, does everyone want to come up and, and say a few words? He takes that occasion to – he does tell a little story about Sammy. I thought his line, honestly, about being disgusted five minutes after she was born was hilarious. As someone who has kids, like, the fact that nobody in that room laughed at that, that's a funny line. Like, I met her five minutes after she was born. It was pretty disgusting. It was like, oh, boy, yuck, you know. Like, <laughs> He's like, I've never seen one of those before. Like, what? Yeah, babies are sick. Like, maybe not five minutes after they're born, but certainly five seconds after they're born before they clean them all up and everything. But but then he also goes on to tell them that the rumor is not true about the gerbil, but he does have a tickle in his anus. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And Jeff and Susie, like, throwing their arms up in the air, like, God damn it, why are you doing this at our kids' bat mitzvah was hilarious. And then he goes over to talk to Cheryl, who is there with Glenn, so Glenn's back, you know, I don't know if we've seen him since that that uh, first episode he was in. I don't think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Larry is like, you know, kind of making nice. He's like, I'm wearing your underwear right now. I'm, I'm, I don't even <laughs> miss the gate. But yeah, it's a funny thing to say. I'm wearing your underwear. Yeah, he's a, he's a, uh, a member of the no-fly zone underwear yeah. family now. Doesn't, doesn't miss going through the gate. No, he's over the top. And Cheryl and Glenn get up to dance to John Legend. And share, and then Larry asks Loretta to dance, and they make a noticeable connection on the dance floor. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they it's do. Like, I thought that I thought they were gonna kiss. Yeah, yeah. It's like wow, maybe everything I've been looking for has been right in front of me the whole time. I mean, it's a really sentimental ending for Curb Your Enthusiasm because then we cut to I, Larry. I thought and Loretta this was like a thought montage. I, I thought this was kind of like. A this isn't really happening, yeah. but it was gonna, it's going to it's going to cut back to something. But we don't get that reveal that it wasn't this. But we we get Larry and Loretta waking up in the same bed, and the kids are coming in waking them up. Which, um, by the way, was a great reveal because you think like they're going to be, oh my god, we spent the night together. But yeah. no, it's like this has been going on for such a long time. The kids run in and don't think anything of it. Yeah. What a yeah. great reveal that was that we, like, we, oh my we, gosh. We get Larry arguing at a soccer game. Like he's being like the getting protective dad. Of, <laughs> yeah. Getting kicked out of a soccer game. I I mean, they do indulge a bit in stereotypes here where the black family and Larry are being overly boisterous during a movie. Yeah. And talking during the movies like black people be doing that, right? Uh, it's like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that felt Just a little. Don't dwell on. Don't bad. dwell on this. Let's go to the next. Thing. Yeah, but also, um, there was uh, Susie calling Larry a bald asshole at the door, and Loretta coming to his defense, and Loretta slamming the door in Susie's face. That was good. That was brilliant. Good. That was awesome. Nobody talks to my man that way. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Yeah, and so they've been living this. Amazing life together. The Blacks didn't go back to New Orleans. They they stayed, and and Larry and Loretta have this yeah. relationship. We, we, and yeah. we get at least. I mean, if if we're to believe that this episode takes place in real time, this is 
over the course of the next six weeks, at least, because the, the season ends with a shot of a Christmas card from Larry and the Blacks. Yeah, which, by the way, I noticed it was, I wrote down Christmas card too, but then I scratched it out because I noticed it was a holiday card because I think oh, they're respecting okay. Larry being Jewish okay. and the Blacks probably celebrating Christmas. That's um, that's probably right. Yep, so, right. Yeah, I found that interesting too because I was like, wait a minute, Christmas card with Larry. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it's a, it says happy holidays from Larry and the Blacks. Uh, and that's when Frolic starts. So like a, an, a different ending, like a good season finale ending, but a different ending for Curb because like no one's getting their comeuppance. Like Larry is ending the season on top, kind of. Yeah, very odd. Very, very, yeah. very different compared to season five ending where Larry fucking died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and he, he, he's out a kidney. Everyone's arguing over money in front of him and stuff. And like... Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting arc for the whole season, but but that's the end of the season there. Oh my gosh! All right, Tim, what do we got for homework for I, next week as we wrap up season six? Don't I didn't write anything down. Okay. Yeah, All right. Nothing. Cool. Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? Boy, I do not know. Um, I'll tell you if if I can find a good screen cap of Larry and Loretta embracing on that dance floor, I'm gonna make oh, it because wow. that was so good. That was good. Yeah. The, might, the, the chemistry that they had. Yeah. Yeah. I might tear up a little just, just watching that because the John Legend is singing um, You Don't Know You Don't Know Me, the yeah. classic R and B track. Yeah. Good one. All right. Let's see what we let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had in the season six finale, boo, already. A botanist <laughs> provides Larry with a chance to clear up his recent domestic travails. Um Okay, God, we, I think we got to just burn it all down and start from the <laughs> beginning. I mean, I kind of want to start like a doctor's visit. Okay, what about a medical issue leads Larry to... It, it, we can somehow tie in a medical issue and a date, but then also there's the director thing. Oh, all right, how about, I don't know whether we want to say colleague or acquaintance or what you'd call Matt. A colleague spreads a rumor about Larry's medical issue... Okay, maybe Larry, Richard Lewis. I'm trying to tie in all the storylines in like one sentence, obviously, like we normally do. That's the purpose. Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis hires a... I mean, this this ties it in in maybe an incorrect or misleading way, but Richard Lewis hires a... Richard Lewis hires one of Larry's colleagues that spread a vicious rumor about him. Something like that. Richard Lewis mistakenly hires a colleague that spread a rumor about Larry. Is that on the right track at all? Uh, uh, I kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know because that almost gives Richard so much credit in the episode, which he, he's, he only shows up personally once. But it does have a bit to do with, with yeah, the episode. I, re, re, read it one more time. Even though Richard read, Lewis. Re, so uh, Richard mistakenly hires a colleague that spread a rumor about Larry David or about Larry. Richard mistakenly hires a colleague that spreads a rumor about Larry. Okay. Yeah. Richard mistakenly hires a colleague that spreads a rumor about Larry. I can get down with that. Yeah, I mean, we don't make the... We, I can't tie in the love connection stuff unless you want to put in, like, after meeting after meeting a woman at the doctor's office, Larry... Richard Lewis. Well, that's okay. Yeah, because that's uh, I can't use the pronoun no, there. No, I um, I think I think your first draft was good because I, I don't want to you know have it be spoiled that they end up going out on a date. Uh, he and Paula for whenever they're you know just sitting in the lobby there. Yeah, I mean the only thing you could add is Richard Lewis 
mistakenly hires a colleague that spreads a rumor about Larry's medical yeah, issue. Boom, there it is. I like yes, it. Yes, we, we did it. <laughs> All right, Tim. Let's uh, let's wrap up this baby. So, uh, what did you like about this episode? Um, I didn't give this episode a star, but I thought it was a strong season finale. Like I said, I mean it it loops like a lot of the storylines that you know have been arcing across the whole season. Well, I got a lot of good laughs about it. Um, it it you know there aren't too many storylines, even though there's not just one. I feel like in the last episode there was kind of just one storyline, but there's a lot as you heard us try to tie together that they don't, but they don't get confusing and they don't. And they all get the time that they need, I feel like. So it was a strong episode, a great baseline curb episode. I, I can't give it a star. I don't think I would have, even if I didn't have too many stars already at this point, I don't think that's the reason. But <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it. It wrapped up the season really well. What about you? I am in the exact same boat as you. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great way to wrap up the season. Um, had a very good storyline. Had a very good ending. Yeah. Uh, no star, though. Yep, I agree. And I just got a notification. I don't know if you saw the same thing. This is the first time. This session's intended duration will be reached in five minutes. However, you oh, may still on. No. But it says you may still stay on the call as long as you would like. I set the duration for two hours, and the slider bumped a little, so it's actually two hours and five minutes. Uh, so that's how long we've been going. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we're we're we're, we're at the end. So yeah. let's uh, let's bring season six to a close. Yes. Next week. We have got Season 7, Episode 1, Funkhauser's Crazy Sister. <laughs> did I, did I uh, do that with enough uh, inflection, <laughs> yeah. you think? Okay. Uh, original air date, September 20th, 2009. So we are skipping ahead two wow, years. Wow, took a break. Yeah, skipping ahead two years. And that becomes the norm uh, from here on out. I, I, did, I did look ahead a little bit just oh, wow. at... Um, just at years, release years. So season seven, we got 2009. Season eight, we got 2011. And then after season nine, or after, after yeah, with season nine is when we take that really long gap. Season oh, nine is 2017. Season 10 is 2020, or no, is 2019. And then season 11 is 2021. Mm. Dang. Need a little break there. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm guessing by the time we're, you know, close to season 12, it'll be coming out on HBO. Sweet. Which will actually be really, really uh, good timing on our part. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we'll be, like, right no. there, but, uh, I mean, hey, if we if we want, we can do, we can start releasing episodes, like, twice a week if you want to get no. to that point. Nah, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs that. But, um, but as far as I know, like, 12 is wrapped, so... It's yeah, probably going to be up pretty soon. Probably be out this fall. I, yeah. I would imagine it'll be this fall. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, original air date September twentieth, two thousand and nine. If you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season seven premiere, Larry attempts a preemptive breakup with an ailing Loretta and learns a lesson. What? There's learning. Wow, we are we, far we from the days of Seinfeld. Can't have that. I know we had hugging <laughs> in the in this episode. And we're going to have learning in the next episode. God. Damn it. <laughs> this goes against our entire thesis, Tim. By the way, I venture to say that Larry will not learn a lesson in the next episode. I don't think he will. <laughs> Absolutely not. Loretta will. Larry will. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Larry will, you know, someone will attempt to teach him a lesson, but Larry does not learn lessons. Um, so 
I venture to say we will, you know, that that will not hold up. We'll be able to do something better with that. But uh, this, you know, while our thesis falls apart or Seinfeld's thesis that we co-opted, no hugging, no learning, uh, our our interest will converge as season seven is the Seinfeld reunion episode. Uh, the Seinfeld reunion story arc of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. So yes. we're going to see Jerry. We're going to see Michael Richards. And I'm so uh, excited Jason for it. Alexander. I'm so yes. excited for it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am as well I, because I haven't seen as, it in years. As a whole, I would probably rank the season six like season long arc uh, under quite a few of them. I, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't really think they they played up the whole season long arc enough. I thought there was like a lot more they could have done. mm Hmm. But I, I can see that. I, I don't know. I uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, the the Seinfeld reunion season. Yes, and also before we get to that, we will. What of the seven or eight episodes that I've starred in season six? Yeah. Uh, what will make our top three of uh, of season six? That's all. Uh, that's all next week. Yes. All right. So is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.